Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. We're so very glad that you're with us and spending time with us as we study the Word of God. My name is Kevin Clark. I'm a member here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and I have with me uh, Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here, a good friend of mine and a longtime evangelist. And we have been conducting this study for quite some time and have enjoyed spending time together uh, with the Word of God and hope that you've been benefited. Uh, We thank you for tuning in, and we thank you for all the support uh, I know Bob feels this way, but constantly we receive comments from others, cards, calls, emails, texts, uh, just showing people that, uh, or showing us, that people appreciate the Word of God being presented. And certainly that's the, the hero of the story. It's not us. We're simply vessels, tools through which the Word of God is getting out there. But uh, as uh, Isaiah says, the Word will not return into him void. It will accomplish what he intended. And it certainly is encouraging the Christians and others who are tuning uh, into our program. Bob, did you have anything? We're glad to have Jason and Mark with us again yes. uh, as we uh, do this study today and appreciate their good work and their willingness to take their time to, right. to make this possible and just appreciate everybody who watches and mm-hmm. invite others to, to join in. If you have opportunity, tell them about the, the podcast and we hope to reach as many people as possible just to give people uh, some encouragement uh, through the week mm-hmm. and uh, help them in their in their life as they, as they uh, live a life that's devoted to serving God. Amen. Well, as you all know who've been following with us, we're in the book of Ephesians, have been there uh, for the entirety of the podcast so far. And uh, we're in chapter 4, and last time we ended up, uh, about verse 24, there was a discussion, a robust discussion, about this idea of putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And we'll continue that concept and put a little uh, meat on the bones, as they say. In fact, I wanted to title this session, Out with the Old, In with the New, uh, because what Paul does is, is explain to us that when we go through this transformation, and it is that, from being in darkness into the kingdom of light, from being a child of Satan to being a child of God, from being lost to being saved, there is a change. There's a fundamental transformation. It is not a situation where you're one way before baptism and then you come out of the water of grave baptism and you're the same person, you do the same thing, you have the same conduct. No, it's a completely different life. And so that's the reason why he talks about putting off the old man, and putting on the new man. And so we want to read verses uh, 25 through 28. We're just going to look at those three verses. There are four verses, and uh, maybe next time we'll let Bob close out the end of the chapter. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So whenever you see that word, therefore, it is connecting what has gone before to what is coming after. And so there's a connection. He's been talking about the idea of putting off the old man, putting on the new man, and now he's going to give some specifics What are the practical ways that you can do that? And here are some of those ways. First of all, the idea that we are to put away or put off lying. Christians are to be people who tell the truth. Uh, We present the facts and we present them accurately. We present things that are beneficial. Uh, Bob, one of the things that I thought about, and and to contrast the two, uh, the idea of the old man, the new man, is think about in John chapter 8, Jesus had some strong words for what I would call a surprising uh, group of people because it starts out by describing him as Jews who believed in him. 
but he gets down to talking about some of the problems they have. And if you look at John chapter 8, and let's look at verse 44, he says this, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And he says, they are of their father, the devil, and he characterizes the devil as being the father of all lies. And so those who tell lies, they're doing the work of their father. But then contrast that to God. In Titus 1-2, it tells us that God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So think about it from this standpoint. We talked about this transition from being the old man to the new man. Under the old man, I am a child of the devil, and the devil is the father of all lies. And so it's understandable, although not uh, justifiable, that people who are under the influence, people who are the progeny of the devil, lie. But once we become children of God, and when does that happen? When we're baptized into Christ, well, we now worship a God of truth. We are the child or the children of a God of truth. So what should we be? Truth tellers. And so there has to be this transformation. The other thing that's interesting about that is he gives a rationale for the idea of why we should tell the truth, why we should not lie. He says we're members of one another. And I want to focus on that a little bit because when we lie, a lot of times when we do that or when people do that, they're thinking single-handedly, almost focused on themselves. I want to avoid some embarrassment. I want to avoid uh, giving up some information. I want to project a different image of myself than is true. But he tells us to think about the impact of our lives on other, our lives on other people. And, and think about it this way. When, when you lie, and let me say this, a lie is something that we intentionally say that we know is false, and we try to mislead others. And I say that because I, I remember years ago, there was a brother that was talking about another brother, and he had said something that wasn't right. And he said, now that brother lied. And I said, no, wait a minute now. Just because he was mistaken doesn't necessarily mean he lied. We have to know what his intent was. But we're talking about those who intentionally deceive. So when I put something out there that is wrong, that is intentionally false, guess what? Somebody is going to act upon that information. Somebody is going to take that information and do something with it. And that's going to be to their detriment because a decision is only as good as the information on which it's based. So we want to put good information out there. We want to put accurate information. We don't want to put false information, even something that may seem kind of trivial. And uh, let's say that somebody uh, prepares a meal for you and the meal's just terrible. It's just awful. And you know what, what the inclination to do is we want to tell them that's a wonderful, that's great. How was that? Oh, it's just great. It's wonderful. Well, what have you done? You have put some false information out there suggesting the meal is good. And that person who prepared that meal, guess what? They're going to inflict that on somebody else because they thought it was a good meal. They're going to keep cooking it. Now, that's a silly example, but the, but the idea is sound that people make decisions based on the information you give them. If you intentionally give them false information, you're leading them to make bad decisions. Therefore, you're harming them. Uh, that's one of many ways that lying is wrong. Bob, would you like to say some other things? Well, I thought of some of those same things. You know, that we're, we're children of God and God cannot lie. If we're right. children of God, we're going to try to develop as much as we can his character. That's, That's right. a lifelong process. We're trying to come, become more and more like God. And so as children of God, we want to be truth tellers, just mm -hmm. like our, our father is. Right. I, I, I recalled uh, several passages where Paul emphasizes, mm -hmm. I'm telling you the truth. Right. I'm not lying. It's critical that Paul be a truth teller mm -hmm. and the early disciples be truth tellers. The gospel depended upon That's their right. character 
and them telling the truth. That's a great if they point. gained the reputation of being right. liars or not telling, you know, not telling the truth mm -hmm. of, of being deceivers, well, that's going to hurt the gospel. That's a great. Point. And and so mm -hmm. we also teach the gospel, mm -hmm. and so we need to um, support our claims to be teaching the truth of the gospel Amen. with being truth tellers overall in in, in all things. Amen. Uh, I think. Uh, Telling someone a lie and having them discover it is very hurtful. Yes, very much so. One of the most hurtful things mm -hmm. is the lying. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so uh, if we're members of each other, right. it's just another right. aspect of that idea. Right. If we're members of each other, respect each other, mm -hmm. uh, and want to treat each other in a godly way, uh, well, then we want to tell them the truth. We, we don't want to do damage to our relationship Amen. by lying to them. Great, great point. I love that about not hampering, interfering with our effectiveness as uh, advocates for Christ. Now let's go on and talk a little bit more about a few of these other things. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So the idea that from Psalm 4-4, the quotation, be angry and do not sin, uh, that we need to control our anger. And I think it is interesting that you can be angry and not sin. Mm. Uh, I think there are at least two components of that. One, we got to be careful why we get angry in the first place. A lot of anger comes about through selfishness and pride. Uh, we have expectations. People need to treat us a certain way. They don't. We get angry. We want somebody to do something for us. They don't. We get angry. Somebody didn't respect us. Somebody didn't do the way we will. And we get angry. It's kind of a selfish pride, mm -hmm. prideful thing. Uh, that's not what we're talking here. You need to be angry for the right reasons. Uh, certainly our, our Lord and Savior showed some righteous indignation from time to time. And then the back end of that, the second part is, how do you react when you do get mad? That's another problem. Many times when people get angry, what happens? They say things they should not. Profanity comes out of their mouth. Uh, they say hurtful things to other people. Uh, they're very angry. They, they may get violent. I mean, there's so many things that can come from anger. And so it's not only being angry at the right things, but controlling that anger and make sure that you can compound the sin of being angry over something that's not worthy of your anger, uh, that's not characteristic of the people of God. And then it goes on to say the idea that uh, wrath ought to be short-lived. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And you probably have heard this. I know when I was getting married, I heard uh, the advice, never go to bed angry. Uh, don't Resolve your issues. Resolve your problems. Don't let that thing fester and simmer and develop into bitterness. Looks like you've got some things in mind. Well, I was just thinking about uh, it's not it's not like you said it's not necessarily wrong to become angry. Right. Jesus was angry That's at right. times. I thought about Mark chapter three in the synagogue. There's mm -hmm. a man with a withered hand, mm -hmm. and the Pharisees are there and they're watching him to see if he's going to heal on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. They're just looking for a reason to accuse him. Yes. Jesus could see their you know their hypocrisy and you know their their have no compassion for the man right. at all. And it says in verse 5, looking around at them with anger, mm -hmm. grieved mm -hmm. at their hardness of heart, he said to them, stretch out your hand, right. and he stretched it out. Right. So Jesus was angry That's with right. them at that situation, but he, he, he didn't did sin. sin. That's he, right. he didn't yeah. allow his anger uh -huh. to become an open door for the devil yeah, to walk right. in and do Absolutely. his work. Uh, and that's a great point, nor give place to the devil. So we can actually give the devil an opportunity. And so we have to be careful that we don't walk into that trap. And obviously here, the specific application is anger, but that principle goes so far beyond that, that we just need to be careful that we don't make it easy for the devil. Uh, we know if we know ourselves, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, we know what our weaknesses are. And sometimes we will deliberately put ourselves in harm's way. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we had a technical difficulty, but we're going back to this concept we we're talking about, about not giving place to the devil. And I'd mentioned the idea that driving is a place where a lot of people uh, are prone to anger, and I'm not suggesting people stop driving, but just be aware that that is a danger for you, for a person that tends to do that, and see if you can come up with some kind of counteracting strategy. It might be listening to some soothing music on the radio. It might be uh, listening to some hymns. It might be memorizing scripture and reciting it. It could be all kinds of things, or trying to think of about uh, some good things, happy thoughts, just something that'll get you in the right frame of mind. But that can be a very challenging endeavor sometimes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this last point, and then uh, the lesson will be yours. And verse 28, let him who stole still no longer, rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, they may have something to give him who has need. And so again, this is still part of putting off the old man, putting on the new. What does the new man do? He doesn't do what the old man does, which is to steal, take something that's not his. Rather, the new man, he works with his hands. He does something that's honest, that's good to earn labor or to earn income. And I like this idea that one of the purposes of that income is not just to sustain yourself, which is a legitimate purpose, not just to take care of your family. First Timothy 5 talks about that, but also to give to those who are in need. So we're to be consciously aware of those around us who are the least among us and need help, and we need to work with an idea of, I want to have something that I can help other people with. And we see all through the scriptures that the idea of work and having income and using that income to help everybody uh, or help other people is very important. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, I may remember there, Paul said, if a man will not eat, let him not, or will not work, let him not eat. So a biblical principle that it's important to work. And then James 1.27 tells us that pure and undefiled religion for God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Part of pure and undefiled religion is to help those who are helpless, those who cannot help themselves. Galatians 6.10 tells us to do good unto all, especially unto the household of faith. And so we are to consciously work with an idea of having resources that we can then use to help relieve the suffering and the afflictions of others. Well, I just think in the ancient world, especially, we you know we have surgical techniques mm -hmm. to, to 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 correct a lot of physical mm -hmm. uh, problems that uh, prevent people from physically working and things mm -hmm. like that. And so, uh, that being an able-bodied person right. who's able to work, right. a lot of people would depend on that. That's right. And so, need to be aware of that. But that's not just true of the ancient world; mm -hmm. as people in the modern world. Uh, have needs as well. And so that idea of thinking of others, mm -hmm. having something to give to those who are in need. Paul says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, mm -hmm. verse 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world. Well, that's everybody at this table, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, Amen. you know, that's just right. think about the uh, level at which people live right. throughout the world. Everybody in the sound of my voice, right. you know, uh, yes. in, in this country, yes. we're well off. We are. And so... This applies to us. Sometimes we think the teaching directed to the rich in the Bible is directed to someone else. Right, right. No, it's directed to each That's one it. of us. That's it. And so instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, mm -hmm. to be rich in good works, to be generous right. and ready to share. Amen, brother. And so we, we need to have that attitude as well. You know, be generous, mm -hmm. be ready to share where we see the opportunity as we have resources, uh, then respond to those. And that's, you know, that's those who won't take care of their own have right. denied the that's faith. That's right, that's right. And that's, that's a serious charge, isn't it? It and really so is. We want to make sure that uh, God has been generous with us in right. many, many ways, right. physically and spiritually, 
And so we want to be generous. We want to just pass that on to others right. uh, and be generous in all ways, physically, spiritually as well. I like the idea of tying it back in. We talked earlier about the idea of being the children of God and, and mirroring his character. And, you know, Matthew tells us that God reigns on the just and the unjust. And so we need to be like God. We need to reign bountifully upon others, the fruits of our labor. Uh, think about other folks. It's one of the joyous things of life to be able to enrich the lives of other people. And in fact, Jesus says it's one of the things you could summarize the whole law. And first, to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But second, to love your neighbor as yourself. And we're talking about that second component, loving your neighbor as yourself, taking care of his needs. Uh, we thank you for your time. We've run out of time here. We're going to next time uh, talk about these last uh, few verses to close out the chapter. But again, remember, it's out with the old, in with the new, the idea of putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Uh, as we always do, want to end with a word of prayer, and I'll ask Brother Hutto to lead us in that prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for life itself. We're thankful for uh, the ability to, to live and to serve you in, in our lives. And we pray, Father, that we'll be faithful in that charge and become more and more diligent in it with each passing day. We're thankful, Father, for the opportunity to be born again in Christ, that we can put off the old man and we can put on the new, uh, a new man that's being renewed uh, after, after the knowledge of, of Christ, that we become more and more like him every day. Help us, Father, to see specific areas in our lives where we need to uh, make a change where we can put off the old and we can put on the new man, specific areas that we need to put out of our lives and develop those godly qualities that you would have us to, to develop. Help us, Father, to be mindful of others. Help us to uh, be generous as we see the opportunity. We have the resources that you've blessed us with and that we will be generous and we'll share with others just as you've been generous and you've shared with us. And so, Father, we, we ask Thy guidance. We ask for that You lead us through this life, that You show us opportunities to shine the light of truth uh, in the hearts of others. Uh, we ask You to be patient with us and uh, be long-suffering toward us. Have mercy upon us as we go through this life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.